essentially we're all in the blood business and we all get to hear life and death stories okay they're very compelling we're the kind of people that like those stories and we like movies i'm helen pitlick and this is bloodworks 101 the podcast that inspires you to give time money or blood COVID-19 first hit, the entire world was thrown into survival mode. Longtime listeners of this podcast know that Bloodworks rallied hard to prevent a total collapse of the blood supply. We maintained our commitment to local cancer and trauma patients while also ramping up a convalescent plasma program from scratch. Our life-saving blood research didn't stop either. Much of our staff continued to come in every day despite the fear and uncertainty, while others adjusted to the new realities of working from home. While we were busy helping the community survive and thrive, we looked for our own ways to get through quarantine. For something so unifying and universal, it sure was isolating. Today, I bring you another tale of survival in difficult times, a glimpse into the lives and minds of some of the people that make up Bloodworks. Because an organization is nothing without the people behind it. Film buffs, we've made you an episode you can't refuse. This is how Bloodworks 101's own John Yeager and Bill Harper and Donor Center collection strategist Kyle Boynton found connection. By watching classic movies, and movies that are destined to be or should be classics, apart but together. Kyle, are you in a closet? I am. Cool. First of all, I am wondering, what is your all-time favorite movie? And you cannot waffle. You have to give one answer. I will not accept two. The dictatorship? The listeners of Bloodworks 101 will not accept two answers. They might. I don't know. But I won't. So, okay. My favorite movie of all time will have to be The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back to me is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid it really sparked my interest in in film and filmmaking like i remember watching just the original three star wars movies but mostly the empire strikes back and i think that was the time that i started playing with my parents video recorder and making my own movies also fun fact i have a quote from empire strikes back tattooed on my back and it's when they're flying into the asteroid field Um, And C-3PO is like, the odds of surviving this are blah, 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 blah. And Han Solo just turns and goes, never tell me the odds. Bill? Uh, I'm not not ready. Well, it's no surprise. My favorite is Casablanca because uh, I think it speaks to an, an, an issue that's so important today. The story of immigration is timeless. It was uh, Ingrid Bergman's first big film. I think it took maybe six weeks, seven weeks. It was one of many films that Humphrey Bogart shot that year. He didn't know the ending when they started shooting it. It was Warner Brothers, which is my favorite studio. Uh, It's black and white. It was lit beautifully. And then because I'm a writer, uh, the writing in that movie is exceptional. And, And that's why the lines are so memorable. Here's looking at you, kid. That's movie, that's iconic. Uh, Claude Rains was exceptional. Uh, just, just Bogart and and the whole feel of the movie. I could watch that movie over and over and over again, and I'll still love it. Should but be. For me, Casablanca is that's it. That's that's the one. For me, 
uh, it's not necessarily about the movie, although it's a fantastic movie, A Fish Called Wanda. Um, because I saw it when I was like 11 or so, when I was visiting my aunt and uncle who live in just over the border in Vancouver. And we just, I just have this really vivid memory of just like sitting with them and my parents just like laughing just ourselves silly and John Cleese and um, Jamie Lee Curtis, just this like, just hilarious, just nonsensical, just complete, just laughter. And, you know, just like feeling just at that age, it's pretty young, like, just like, wow, like, you know, this, and like, there was a little bit of like salaciousness to it. And so just kind of feel like, oh, I'm watching a grown up movie. Um, but like, even to this day, like my mom and I'll be driving around and we'll say like the clap that you know, that uh, was Kevin Klein was in that movie or was the, the one who's yelled out the jackass and that thing. Like, we'll still do that to this day, 20 years later. Just have this memory of this movie and it's still funny. Awesome, I think movies are a really good like Rorschach test or personality test, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Insight into who you are as a person based on what you pick as your favorite movie. I, I just, I love movies. I just, I, they're just something about sitting in the dark for two hours and having somebody tell you a story. I, I, I will say that's one thing that I like about watching movies with you, John, is that you seem like a very like, I love these type of movies only, but like through this whole last year, I feel like we've made you watch movies that I feel like you might not like pick yourself. Um, and you still find things that you can talk about and talk about in a very eloquent way and, and, and in a very respectful way. And, and I think that's what's so cool about this group. We all have different tastes in movies. And yeah. it kind of forces us to watch movies that we wouldn't really pick on a Saturday night. And usually we see these things, Helen, at the same time. Mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the, what classic quarantine cinema is, is essentially we're all in the blood business and we all get to hear life and death stories. Okay. They're very compelling. And so it makes sense for us to, we're the kind of people that like those stories and we like movies. And this all started when uh, I walked down the hall. Uh, Kyle was just down the hall from me and uh, we would start talking movies. And so much so that we distracted our coworkers, you know, and it was, it, we had to apologize. If Kyle didn't like something, he would really, he could make his case. And, and, if, <laughs> and I would say, oh, you gotta watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he would say, I don't know what you see in that. I just, you know, and, and so we would go at it uh, as friends do. It was always good natured. Uh, and then um, we dragged Bill into this because he started coming <laughs> up to our floor. And then it just felt like as soon as the quarantine, yeah. hit, we just said, hey, we this is this is something we could do. This is it's something we could do. John, do you remember, I think this was when we first started working um, together and working down the hall from each other. And we, we kind of discovered that we both really love movies. You know, Oscar season was in full swing and we were talking about that. And I think it was Entertainment Weekly that made that bracket of like all of the best pictures. And you were, you like made a photocopy of it for me. And you're like, you have to do this and we have to talk about this. I remember um, that. And it was so, and it, it, I mean, there were some similarities for sure, but I feel like when it got down to it, my favorite best picture winner was The Deer Hunter and yours was Casablanca. I had, I can say in past tense now, I had a, a level of disdain for Casablanca. I, I was a film major in college and I had a professor that just kind of ruined Casablanca for me. And so 
when you finally picked Casablanca for the for classic quarantine cinema, I was just like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And around that same time, I was reading a, I was listening to an audiobook about just the production of Casablanca. I listened to it and then I rewatched it and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm fully like, I fully accept this as a good representation of like a classic movie. And that's the, that's the thing. It's how do you define a classic? How do you define yeah. classic cinema? And that's been fun for us because we use the American Film Festival's top 100 list, the top 100 movies ever made in the last 100 years. It's it's either a classic or it should be, or it will be a classic. Yeah. And you'd see some of these movies on the list and you go, my God, that was done back in the 30s. I, I haven't never seen that. What Kyle said before is it's accurate to say we were we, we forced each other to watch movies that we wouldn't ordinarily have watched. Yeah. And that was fun. And it remains fun. How did you take that from the office chats to quarantine cinema? I remember when we all started working from home. It was a very bleak time. There were so many unknowns. It was the beginning of a really stressful, tumultuous year of civil unrest, protests, and election, and a lot of uncertainty. And so I feel like in the beginning, John and I would start texting each other and just be like, Oh, what are you watching? Like, what are, what, are, what are you watching? I just watched this. I just watched that. You should watch this. You should watch that. And it, it kind of, it was, it was great because it was like, for us in the blood industry, we had to react so quickly. And, and a lot of our interactions day to day when we were home was all business. It was all figuring out what we were going to do. It was all about how we were going to keep the community safe with a stable blood supply. And kind of, we needed to replace that camaraderie, right? Yep. And so John pitched the idea of, I think he just said, hey, I'm gonna watch Raiders of the Lost Ark this Saturday. You should watch this simultaneously with me and we can text about it. Um, and so we did and it was awesome. We just kind of kept it going. Yeah. I just found myself before long, just looking forward to it all week. I mean, the first while, I mean, I didn't leave my house for a good couple of weeks. And just like, it was this last connection to human beings that, was, you know, just text messages, but it's like, you know, you have to start at 7.30 because then you, like, you know that your friends, your coworkers are at the same, going through the same thing and that, you know, it's a small thing, but at the time it was just, it was a lot. I mean, it was just so great to know that we're having this shared experience. It just sort of opened up this way of watching movies in a different way, like more of an art form. That's it, that, that every Saturday night, it was like, you know, we'd finish dinner and then we'd get ready for classic quarantine cinema there was a there's a real sense of that 730 time being that was important what it what it did was it, it kind of created um really recreated appointment television part of it was like working from home like it just sort of took all the structure away from my job and therefore kind of like my life but then like having the 730 Saturday night like that was a thing that was immovable and you had to do that and I think that was part of the appeal but like take this good part of this overall bad experience chapter of our lives and keep the good part around. You have this love of movies that you've all connected over. And when I listen to you talk about movies, I really can see your individual passions here. So John, when you talk about a movie, it's like you're pitching a story idea or you're ending a podcast with you won't believe what happens next. And Kyle, just your data-driven approach to it is sort of that strategic um, you know, aspect that you have in your job. And then Bill, your love of story and just emotion and all of that sort of stuff. So it's clear that you all have a love of cinema, but you're kind of approaching it from different 
different perspectives. The list of movies. All right, let me just let me just start. I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. Raiders of the Lost Ark is how we got out of the out of the block. Then we saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Then Minority Report. Then Adjustment Bureau. Then we did a we got into Hitchcock. That was Rope. The Thirty Nine Steps. Rear Window. Then we th thought uh, enough of that stuff. Jurassic Park. <clears throat> then Pan's Labyrinth. Then Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, then the social network, then 1917, as Bill was talking about, then Slumdog, Millionaire, The Revenant, RPG, we saw Nightcrawler, V for Vendetta, Ex Machina, Black Panther, Inception, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Looper, Darkest Hour, Shawshank Redemption, Citizen Kane, Grand Budapest Hotel, Skyfall, The King's Speech, Casablanca, Stranger Than Fiction, Hidden Figures, I could just keep going on and on. Uh, I'll just, The Wizard of Oz, Arrival, Shutter Island, Nomadland, American Hustle, Mystic Pizza, The Godfather, Dark Knight, and Harold and Maude. And that takes us up to April of 2021. You know, when John and I talk about movies, he's a romantic comedy guy. I'm a horror movie guy. But I just want everyone to know that I was the one that picked Mystic Pizza. Well, remember how you pitched it to us. You said this is Julia Roberts' first movie. So see, that's what they all have in common. You have to you you have yeah. to be able to sort of sell your friends on it, uh -huh. and and you you are forcing other people to watch. Okay, but <laughs> but but you want to make it you want to make it something that they might not have seen otherwise, because yeah. you don't want to get stuck in your lane all the time. That's that's a boring way to live. Well, I, I really loved um, Shutter Island. That was a movie that I never would have yeah. ever chosen for myself. I mean, Shutter Island was just one that I just, I'd never seen. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the plot or anything. And I just was blown away by that thing. I think the best horror movies are the ones that are treated like a drama, right? Just yeah. with like higher stakes. But with Shutter Island, what's so cool about this is like with the frame of this as like classic quarantine cinema, like Shutter Island is made by Martin Scorsese and it's Leonardo DiCaprio and it's uh, from an acclaimed uh, author. It's a it's a very like approachable horror movie because it's just, it's all about those high stakes. That's an easy gateway for, for the two of you to get into <laughs> horror movies. Is like, I need to pick like the best of the best, right? And I feel like there's movies that I yeah. want to pick that are horror movies that I'm like, I don't know if they're ready for that yet. <laughs> but see, we go through these phases. You don't want to stay in a Hitchcock thing for, the whole time it's just it's not fun to watch those movies over and over and over and over again there's too many good good things out there and i remember rear window being like i feel like that if i remember right was we were texting a lot during that one rear window is like perfect for like being in quarantine too right like that's almost like the most quarantine movie we've ever watched is rear there, window right? because it's it's a guy stuck in his apartment and he's viewing the world and and whatnot and i mean that's again is another one of like my favorite films of all time because it's so iconic there's so many moments in some of these movies that i'm like oh i can't wait to talk about that we all kind of approach film from different places i mean i have a vastly smaller experience with film and you know the godfather i'd never seen that before and so that was really cool like you guys you know were just like but like wow my god you haven't seen it and so that was just kind of cool to see it for the first time with you guys and stuff like that bringing me into the 21st century for god's sake we we have expansive texts on what the movie is going to be for for that week. The way I pitched The Godfather, I I put a, a, a picture of Marlon Brando. Why do you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding? 
and he's doing this <laughs> thing, right? And 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 so I'll 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 tell my friends, okay, time for an offer you can't refuse. So so that's my way of billing it, okay? And that's often how we do it throughout the week. I'm looking through the text here. Uh, tonight's uh, quarantine cinema will be in light of this week's soul shaking events. We we saw we saw Selma because the discussion over this over the spring and summer was Black Lives Matter. Filmmakers remind mm -hmm. us about the important stuff, so we get a chance to remember stuff through this shared experience. And it means more when you share it with your friends because there's been enough of this isolation. It's really been hard. To, to find ways to connect to people. You clearly have such a great camaraderie with one another, like just such great banter. And I I'm wondering- guys. No, I <laughs> They're the worst. They're the worst. I'm Go wondering ahead. how it's sort of helped you work together as colleagues more and do your jobs maintaining the blood supply more efficiently. It's a little bit of sanity and a little bit of normalcy. For me and just who I am, movies are my love language in that I think that that's how I connect with anyone. A lot of times, like in the last year when I've gone to donate blood myself, I often try to find ways to connect with the staff and then somehow it gets to talking about movies. We all have our go-to comfort movies, our go-to favorite movies. And so I, I find that that's uh, an easy way to have a conversation with somebody on the front lines. It's just something personal that people can light up about and, and have a conversation about that just isn't related to stress. It's related to something that they enjoy. And we also do a lot of, uh, you know, remote meetings. But then when I go into the centers, because I pitch stories to media and I work with a lot of folks that come in. So I'm at the centers a lot, a lot more than I thought I would be. And uh, people will say, what have you been up to? What do you do? And invariably, when the discussion comes to, boy, I feel so isolated. I feel like I've just, there's so many things I can't do. I say, well, my friends and I on Saturday night get together and watch a movie. How do you do that? Well, we do it remotely. But I get to share with people sort of what people at Bloodworks do on, on the weekends. It just reminds you to sit down and just watch a movie. Like you don't have to be so productive and do all this stuff. I mean, I, I, I've mentioned it to some of my friends too, and they've said, oh, so you'd use the like Netflix watch party. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that, that complex. That's too much work. And there's no right thing. It, it's, not a, it's not a film class. There are films that, that are by film snob standards. They're the films you're supposed to like. Okay, we got some of those in there, but we've also got the guilty pleasures. We've also got, also got the new stuff that's just been fun to watch, blockbuster stuff. The other thing that I think about too with this, and I think this is something that would be fun to do more of with our staff and even with our donors, especially because my job is so focused on platelets, is how do we bring this to our platelet donors and suggest movies of the week as they're donating platelets in our in our centers because we have ipads donors can come in and bring their own tablets and watch movies and stuff it'd be fun to like start curating a list of like here is like what we recommend you watch 
what you guys have just been talking about here, especially like with platelet donations, I know I'm a platelet donor. And for a while, that was the only time I would watch movies um, was when I would go in and have an hour, you know, out two hours. And I would ask, you know, the phlebotomists like for their recommendations. But John, you mentioned that this sort of thing, you know, it's really helped you guys get through quarantine and it might not be applicable to everybody, but how do you, how do you connect over common interests and do something, you know, whether it's movies or cooking or something like this? I think that if you find a group of people that all like plants or all like Italian cooking, boy, pick a, pick a night, pick a Saturday night at seven and, and, all do something together it'll reignite this passion that you have for gardening or italian cooking but it'll also allow you to be connected to friends in a way that that it just is really nourishing for that friendship it's interesting because bill and i are close in age like we're like a year or two apart but john is like 20 years older than us um, and so I think that's an interesting way of looking at this, too, is it's a way to kind of connect with something shared generationally. As we've seen in the last year, I think we need a lot more of that where we can have a shared experience like watching a movie and everybody um, goes into a movie with their own preconceived notions and their own thoughts and opinions about it. But it is a it is a shared experience that we're all taking part in. That's why I like asking people what their favorite movie is, is because that is a way for me to have something right away in common with somebody that doesn't look like me, that's, you know, younger than me, older than me, um, a different gender, a different race. And I, I think that that's, um, that can be such a powerful way to become more united. Yeah. Well, what I've learned is from all this, in this, you know, classic 14 cinema is like, it doesn't take much to stay close to somebody. You know, we just sort of adapted. Like, yeah, we used to have conversations in the office about movies and all this stuff, and then, well, we can't do that, so let's find another way to do it, and let's find another way to continue to bond over this thing that we all have in common. And I feel like, in a lot of ways, we've gotten closer. And I just think, you know, we've been through this together in this own way, and I think, you know, this was just another instance of how we weren't going to let this virus take this away from us. And so I'm just, I'm just really proud that we did this. And I, you know, I, I really hope, and I'm, I'm certain that we'll continue doing it in, in some form in person or by text message or somehow into the future, because it's one of the, I mean, it's one of the highlights of my week, every week. Phil, Kyle, I yes. think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm recording. I normally would boo that, but I've changed my mind on Casablanca, so that that can stay. In. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what we what we pick next. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing: we're all going to get together when this is done, and we'll see a movie. And I don't know if there's going to be a dry eye in this house. You know, I think um, as the world continues to open up and be a little bit more flexible than it has been i think we could easily continue this and and I, um, so, yeah. I think it'll be really i think it'll be really fun i really hope that we do continue doing it, either in person or you know whatever the case may be i've i've gotten close to these guys and then to be able to say hey listen we're, we're done with this okay we're, we're, now we can be together as friends and watch a mm -hmm. movie Remember those days? I thought about it that the other day, and I was just—I was just—I got a lump in my throat because I thought, you know, there's going to be a time when we're all going to get together yeah. and watch movies again. And for now, this is what we have, which is yeah. okay. 
So the next time you come in to give blood, ask your blood collection specialist to recommend a favorite movie. It might be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. For stories like this and more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please make an appointment to give blood if you can. Movies are fun, blood shortages are not.